Time now for Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine, bringing you the latest information on medicine, nutrition, fitness, and wellness, and now in its 31st year. Your host of Dr. Health Radio is health expert David Snow, who is not a doctor, and while most of David's guests are doctors or authorities in their areas of expertise, they do not diagnose or prescribe on the air. If you have a condition or illness that requires medical attention, see a health professional. The information contained in this program is for educational and entertainment purposes only. And now, your host of Dr. Health Radio, the snowman himself, David Snow. Get your pump on, or maybe I should say get your ohm on. Listen to this. Heart pumping exercise is a common cholesterol fix, but taking time to lower your heart rate through meditation shows promise as well. This was a 2020 study published in the American Journal of Cardiology, and they found that people who meditated were 35% less likely to have high cholesterol than those who did not. And they didn't determine the causation, but um, but hey, can't argue with the results, and uh, safe and effective. So there you go. Hey, we're going to pump you up with information today with uh, Dr. Michael Louie in just a few minutes. He's a neurologist um, here in Honolulu, where we broadcast from, and he is also president of the American Heart Association's Board of Directors because May is Stroke Awareness Month, and we are bringing, bringing to light uh, the importance of knowing how to prevent strokes. Uh, prevention is the key, and of course, we'll talk about some of the best treatments as well, but uh, it's one of the leading causes of death in America, number five on the list. And uh, so we will have everything you ha- need to know about stroke, and we're going to talk about a celebrity that just had a stroke. Uh, she was in the news just recently, and we'll talk about, um, well, uh, some of the um, differences between maybe men and women, different ethnicities, ages, smokers and non-smokers, and um, everything in between. So uh, the smoke, the, I was going to say the smoke show. No, it's the stroke show. You don't want to smoke because that'll increase your risk of a stroke. Anyway, Dr. Michael Louie with us in just a few minutes, a neurologist. All right. Uh, last week we did a show on stress, and I didn't have time to get to these article, this um, research on a couple of um, Supplements that you might want to be aware of, one is fish oil because it's been used for mild depression for years. And um, the problem is most people don't take enough of it. You need to take two to three grams. And uh, mainly the DHA, that it's EPA and DHA are the components of omega-3s or the fish oil fatty acids, which is why oily fish are so beneficial for you, not only for your body but also your mind. Um, but keep in mind, it might take about eight weeks to have an effect. And um, and also keep in mind that you, you know, a lot of people take a supplement like fish oil, but then they, they the diet they're consuming is depleting the uh, the supplement they're taking. In other words, if you're consuming a a diet high, very high in omega sixes and none none of the omega threes. Uh, taking some omega threes, that all all that's going to do is balance out the um, help to make up for the deficiency of the omega threes, but it's not going to give you a therapeutic effect of maybe why you're taking it. So um, just keep that in mind, uh, and always get a good good quality fish oil. Natural Factors is a good one. Uh, that's in all the natural food stores. Um, they have just a variety of um, different. Uh, 
supplements as far as uh, fish oil goes. And and you can also, if you're a vegetarian, you can get the uh, vegan uh, algae-derived uh, omega-3s. Ashwagandha, that is a, a an herb, a botanical, and there, there's quite a bit of research on on this for stress and anxiety. Uh, studies use the uh, 300 milligram dosage, uh, 250 to 300 milligrams twice a day, but you'd have to take it again for at least six weeks uh, for it to um, for you the the benefits to become evident. Okay, and always get a good quality one at your nearest natural food store. Don't go online or you know, buying in bulk and uh, adding a little powder to your smoothie. It's, you know, you want to get the extract. Also, SAM-E, that's S-A-M hyphen E. It's a, an amino acid, and that's been used, actually, it's been studied since 1970s for mild depression and very effective, or it can be. It can also boost your energy. Uh, the dose would be 200 milligrams a day for a week and then go to 400 milligrams a week after that. But um been studied, uh, you know, as I mentioned, for decades, and it's actually approved as an antidepressant in some European countries. So, uh, but it's available over the counter uh, in uh, in natural food stores and pharmacies. Uh, Sam E. A couple others: uh, L-theanine, one of my favorites. Um, it's for uh, anxiety and uh, just taking the edge off a stressful day. Um, also for performance anxiety. You know, if you're having a tense meeting or a test or something. Uh, but uh, 100, 200 milligrams uh, helps create a sense of calm. It takes about an hour to kick in. but uh, and, that, and that's, by the way, the um, most plentiful amino acid found in green tea and black tea, which is why the, the teas don't give you the jitters like cafe, uh, the coffee does, because even though it contains a stimulant, the theophylline, which is a cousin to caffeine, uh, it does not, um, uh, the theanine helps to balance out the, uh, the, and, and lower the cortisol levels, uh, which would otherwise be heightened from the, the caffeine compounds or the stimulant effect of the tea. So it's, uh, that's why tea is more beneficial for you than coffee. And then finally, rhodiola. Uh, that's also a botanical. Uh, it's been used for mental fatigue and mild depression. So, And then also I want to add to the mix uh, B vitamins. Uh, they are depleted during times of stress, so you might uh, feel a difference if you take a good high potency B complex and always take it with your food because uh, vitamins are coenzymes. They work with your food. They're like spark plugs in the car. They, if you turn over the engine and there's no fuel in the cylinders, uh, you're not going to get any energy from the spark plugs. They, they turn food into energy or the spark plugs ignite the fuel. And that's what, um, think of vitamins as igniting the calories and the energy in food. That's actually what they do. All right. Okay. Moving right along. Let's see. We've got some some time left here. Uh, relief for leg cramps, an Australian study, the, the scientists there uh, had the subjects drink water with electrolytes after a workout, and they were less likely to have achy legs uh, than those who drank just plain H2O. Uh, you can credit the uh, electrolytes, the magnesium, sodium, chloride, and potassium, and that helps the body hydrate more effectively. And, of course, that's uh, you see that in Gatorade and other hydration drinks, but... Um, you know, you don't want to get the high sugar content. Uh, let's see, where else are we going? The number of people who seek their health as, or see their health as a work in progress, 82% of you do. Well, that's good. You're working on it, all right? Fighting a cold may make COVID less severe. Uh, researchers in Switzerland found that people with frequent exposure to the common cold virus, the coronavirus, 
have an increased level of antibodies to fight COVID-19. You may have heard this before, and we've mentioned it in passing, but um, it doesn't mean you can't contract COVID. It just means that you're more likely to get a mild case of it. All right, and uh, let's see, Vision, I think I did that one or that article already. All right, uh, let's see, um, where else are we going? Oh, okay, here's some in- important information. Diabetes in dogs. Now, this is a possible red flag for you owners out there. The owners of dogs with diabetes were 38% more likely to develop the condition themselves. How about that? Same connection was not seen in cat owners, by the way. But since dogs typically rely on their humans for exercise, cats don't, uh, insufficient physical activity, they say, might be the main factor that's shared between dogs and man. And uh, so if the vet diagnoses your pooch with diabetes, it's maybe a good time to examine your own lifestyle and risk factors for high blood sugar. And let's go from high blood sugar to high blood pressure. Now, you know, I was just at the doctor recently, and um, I didn't do this, and I, I should have. I know better. But the ideal way to take blood pressure is to measure it in both arms. This according to international guidelines. They say checking both arms is important because when arteries stiffen and harden, one side is usually affected more than the other in a way that blood pressure testing may detect. Uh, And a difference, they say, of uh, 10 millimeters uh, in the systolic number could be a sign of cardiovascular problems. So next time you go to your doctors for an appointment, uh, ask them to check both arms, not just one arm. And, you know, they always check only one arm, right? So... um, from now on, I'm going to ask them to check both arms. Oh, and uh, last week we did a show on uh, for Earth Day um, for on uh, no, actually it was two weeks ago. Um, we was it two weeks ago. No, anyway, <laughs> I lose track. But a recent show on uh, on our Earth Day edition, um, we talked about you know eco friendly things and uh, environmental health. But remember, there's a difference between eco friendly and you friendly. So be sure the company you are buying products and services from is also you friendly as well as eco friendly. And and I also might mention the three R's of um, of environmental uh, health or you know. Recycling and so on. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. The three R's. The most important one is reduce. You know, I, I, place I lived in before, uh, all the neighbors recycled. They made a point of it. But my God, there were just huge containers. I mean, you know, uh, buckets full and and trash cans full of uh, all the soda cans and the uh, the bottles and and uh, all the things that they shouldn't be consuming. And uh, of course, you know, if they reduce the the consumption of those in the first place, they wouldn't have to reuse or recycle them. But anyway, you get the gist. And and let me just get on a soapbox on my uh, little um, pet peeve on these napkins. You see these brown napkins all over the place. Uh, so-called recy- made with recycled paper or uh, materials. It's such a farce. I mean, yes, okay, they're not bleached like the white napkins, uh, but I, I actually used to know somebody that worked in the paper industry, and uh, she told me uh, the inside scoop on that. They're they're dyed. They're they're dyed brown. I mean, yeah, they're not bleached, but you know, it's 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 not the the uniform brown that you would. Uh, uh, that you see on all the napkins, it's it, you know they would be all different colors, and so uh, it's and plus you need to use a dozen of them to equal one of the un- uncycled or uh, unrecycled napkins, and so you know are you really saving much in the way of natural resources? Okay, we, oh we only have one minute left. Okay, uh, let's go to the funny bone pharmacy. 
All right. A uh, little laugh and a half for you, hopefully, or at least half a laugh. Uh, here's a, a, a picture. You, uh, sorry, it's radio and not TV. I, I hold it up to the camera, but uh, it says, uh, you know, you've seen these signs, support gun control. Well, th- this has a, a, a um, circle with a X over it, and, and it shows this guy with a, a, a crack. I mean, his pants are falling halfway down, you know, from him, and it, the, it's the rear shot, of course, and it says, support bun control. <laughs> Oh, and wait, wait, there's more. Uh, lifetime Adirondack chairs. It's an advertisement constructed of UV protected polystyrene stimulated wood, uh, simulated wood. The Adirang, uh, Adirondack chair is comfortable and water resistant. A lifetime Adirondack chair, two year limited warranty. Are they off their rockers? I mean, life is short, but this warranty is even shorter. It's, it's a lifetime chair with a two-year warranty. I don't get that. Okay. All right. Uh, we will be back with more information for your good health here on Dr. Health with Dr. Michael Louie right after this as Dr. Health Radio returns. Hey, Jack, you got a sec? Jack, your hair's on fire. Yeah, I know. I, I just need to finish the sales report and then I'll lie down for a bit. But shouldn't I... No, I'll be fine. You wouldn't ignore this, so why ignore the signs of a stroke? If you or someone you know suddenly has trouble speaking, seeing, or walking, call 911 right away because time lost is brain lost. To find out more, visit www.strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE. This message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. When it comes to probiotics, why do employees, managers, and owners of health stores recommend and personally take Theralac more than any other brand? Results. Fast results. In fact, Theralac is the fastest-acting medicinal-strength probiotic. With patented stomach acid-resistant delivery, prebiotic stimulation, and guaranteed potency, Theralac restores regularity fast while providing all the long-term benefits of a superior probiotic supplement. Don't be fooled by probiotic products that promise higher potencies or more strains of beneficial bacteria. High potency means nothing without delivery, and more strains are not necessarily better. Theralac is optimally formulated for results. Theralac, the high-potency probiotic with guaranteed strength, delivery, and stimulation, supporting your digestion, regularity, and immunity. Theralac, available in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store. For more information, go to Theralac.com. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. Mom, can I have some spray? Sure, honey. Thanks, Mom. You know what that is? That's the sound of my child thanking me for giving her something that's actually good for her teeth. Spry gum is part of the Spry Dental Defense System, a complete line of oral care products made with 100% xylitol, the all-natural sweetener with proven dental benefits. So when we're at home, my whole family uses Spry toothpaste and mouthwash to help strengthen our teeth and reduce the risk of tooth decay. And when we're on the go, I just throw some Spry gum and mints right into my bag. My kids love it, and I love that it's all natural. No sugar, no aspartame, or any other chemicals. Just think of that. I reward my kids for taking care of their teeth at home by giving them gum and mints on the go that are good for their teeth. 
Visit SpryDental.com or ask for Spry by name at your local health food store. You can also ask your dentist about Spry. And make sure your mouth is receiving all the benefits of 100% xylitol products. At Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, Kroger, and most natural product retailers. Find a retailer near you at clear.com. Welcome back to Easy to Digest Information. David Snow on your radio. In this hour of the program, Dr. Michael Louie is my guest. He's a neurologist practicing here in Honolulu, where we broadcast from since 2012, year 2012. He's also president of the American Heart Association's Board of Directors, and we welcome him back. It's, it's hard to believe it's been a year. Uh, back to the Dr. Health Radio microphones this morning. Good morning, Dr. Louie. How the health are you? Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely, yes. And um, you're back by popular demand, I might add. You're um, you're always a, a sought-after guest. Um, now, May is Stroke Awareness Month um, nationally, and we know that high blood pressure is a leading risk factor for stroke. So let's get right into the risk factor that millions, of, actually tens or 100 million Americans uh, have uh, for stroke. And um, it's one of the leading, you know, stroke other than heart disease is one of the leading causes of death, number three in Hawaii, number five nationally, I believe. And uh, so if you could, uh, let's lead off on that because it's such an important risk factor that is controllable. It's not like we can't do anything about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, May is is both actually stroke and hypertension awareness month, and these you know these two issues are actually related since yeah. hypertension or high blood pressure is a as you mentioned is a leading risk factor for stroke. And and you're right, it's it's the third leading cause of death, uh, even though it's in Hawaii at least, and in the nation it's actually the fifth leading cause of death. But still in Hawaii, it's the most major cause of disability. Um, so it's definitely something that we take very very seriously. Um, and in regards to the blood pressure. You know, high blood pressure is the number one preventable cause of stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurs when the force of blood flowing through your blood vessels is consistently too high, and this can weaken the blood vessels over time, leading to clots or even cause the vessels to rupture. And I like to compare this to our kind of our home plumbing system. If you don't take care of your home and your plumbing system over the years, one day those pipes could clog or even burst. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about that. Now, as far as uh, prevention or ways to prevent blood pressure, high blood pressure, of course, we need some blood pressure, otherwise we wouldn't be alive, right? Uh, we need some pressure uh, pu- pushing the uh, the blood through our veins and arteries. Uh, but having said that, uh, let's talk about some of the things that will reduce your risk for heart uh, or um, high blood pressure, hypertension. And uh, one is obesity, which is a pandemic, <laughs> uh, endemic in America, as well as uh, it's becoming that way worldwide. More people are overweight on this planet than are underweight. It used to be the opposite. Uh, and uh, so let's talk about the um, what we can do on, on the obesity front or losing weight uh, to lower blood pressure and how, how it, it actually will lower blood pressure just losing a few percentage of your, uh, few percent of your body weight. Uh, I mean, every, every percentage helps, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's basically you know, four key personal health numbers that we look at in determining your risk of a stroke. Uh, number one, you mentioned uh, it's your, our body mass index, our weight. Uh, but other things are also associated, such as your blood sugar. Yes. Uh, we talk about blood mm-hmm. pressure, but also total cholesterol. And for weight loss, you know, my personal recommendations to my patients is, you know, I think exercise is extremely important. Oh, yeah. uh, moving more. You know, during the pandemic, we've all been more 
living more sedentary lifestyles. It's been difficult to go to the mm-hmm. gym. Uh, but luckily in Hawaii, we live in such a nice state with you know sunny weather almost year round that I think you know going outside and enjoying outdoors, which is more safe, right? Um, and doing that can help you lose weight, uh, taking some walks 20, 30 minutes a day. Uh, but in addition to that, just eating healthy is super important. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, green leafy vegetables, lean meats, uh, things like kale and spinach are really, really high in uh, nutrient content. And uh, and also, in addition to that, just monitoring your blood pressure. And now that, you know, we're getting hopefully towards the tail end of the pandemic, um, going out there and go see your, your doctor, get, get your blood pressures checked again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and doing it's not just one thing. Or another, it's actually a combination of these things that always together right. that that brings down the weight, that brings down your blood pressure, your sugar, your diabetes, the cholesterol. So uh, it's really important to start thinking about these kind of things all together as a whole. You mean there's no silver bullet for high blood pressure? Oh my gosh! I, I wish, <laughs> I wish, make my job a lot easier. Yeah, you know, so many people, um, unfortunately, they because our drug related or our, our drug centric culture. Uh, they, I mean, since you mentioned diabetes, I'll just use this as an, ex- as an example. I remember I went on a, a cruise many years ago, and and I, I was single at the time, and and well, I still am, but uh, I, I was paired with a, a mate, you know, a, a, a same gender mate, and this person was diabetic, and he he was actually younger than me, but you know, not living a healthy lifestyle, and he would actually monitor. <laughs> He would. He, he was insulin dependent, but he would monitor the uh, his blood sugar and just take more insulin uh, after he ate the the ship buffet. <laughs> and 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 I mean he he pigged out on all the high sugar foods and everything. And and so I, I'm getting at you know the the pill uh, centric culture that we live in. People think, oh, I'll just take a pill for that, or isn't there an app for that, or you know, so some something. Don't don't tell me what I have to change. Tell me what I can take uh, instead of. In fact, that's one of the main questions I get, even though I'm not a doctor. But they say, David, what can I take for such and such? It's not what can I do, or what can I avoid, or what can I eliminate. It's it's always you know what what pill can I take, whether supplement, uh, nutraceutical, or pharmaceutical. <laughs> so anyway, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think the culture's definitely changed compared. The, you know, the 90s and you know, early 2000s. I think back then, everything was about taking a pill to solve yeah. the problem, right? right? And I think nowadays, after, uh, I mean, since I've been practicing, uh, you know, the, the knowledge out there has dramatically changed. I mean, a lot of people are going on the internet, reading about things, and understanding a lot more about our health. And I think a lot of people want to look at a more holistic approach and, you know, to dealing with our medical issues. One would only and hope. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and some people, yes, you do need medicine. I mean, sometimes the blood pressure oh, can absolutely. come down just with, yeah. you know, these, you know, lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why it's important to go see your doctor and get things checked out because talking to a healthcare professional uh, can make a whole difference in, in reducing your risk of stroke and other diseases. Yeah, yeah. And now um, you attended the International Stroke Conference. When was that? Was that just recently? That was recently. I think, uh, yeah, just a few months back. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yes, and a lot of things came out of that and uh, a lot of research about stroke and our, our, our health and our brains and, um, and how to you know, prevent high blood pressure. So uh, hopefully down the pipeline in the coming years, uh, we'll have a lot more information and a lot of other ways to help prevent uh, stroke. Well, well, one one thing that uh, I was uh, that kind of piqued my interest was uh, they did a study, or they published or uh, presented a study on brain images uh, showing less injury, uh, and and they looked healthier in adults with a heart healthy lifestyle, which is what you're talking about. I mean, uh, 
you know, what's going to benefit the heart is going to be- benefit the, the brain and lower your risk of stroke and, you know, your diabetes and everything also is, is affected. And so um, it, it's, it's, like you said, a holistic approach. I mean, it's going to lower your risk of all diseases, not just stroke, but uh, we are focusing in on that particular um, uh, disease or condition. Uh, now, let's talk about cognitive skills. Uh, they decline faster in the years after a heart attack. Is that also true uh, after a stroke? It can. It depends on where the stroke is. If the stroke damages a certain portion of the brain or different parts of the brain, uh, definitely the cognition can uh, change, mm-hmm. especially as someone gets older. And if someone's having more frequent strokes, that's basically more damage to the brain over the years. Uh, that can lead to a lot of memory issues and other cognitive or physical ailments. Um, so definitely, I would say, uh, you know, making sure doing everything you can to prevent a heart attack and stroke is, is going to be key for a healthy brain. Okay. Now let's get in. Uh, we talked about some of the risk factors, Dr. Louie. Uh, let's get into some of the symptoms. Now, uh, is it similar to heart disease where men and women can actually have different symptoms for the same condition or disease? Um, for men and women, usually the symptoms are uh, can be the same, especially when they're having a stroke. Um, okay. So you know, if someone's having a stroke, they must they, you know they have to get medical attention right away. Mm-hmm. Um, going to the ER, calling 911, immediate treatment uh, will minimize the long-term effects of stroke or even prevent death. And there's certain things that we look for. And when, when you suspect that someone might be having a stroke, we try to educate patients to look for a stroke fast. So that's F-A-S-T. And the F stands for face drooping, A for arm weakness, S for speech difficulty, and T is for time. So I'll explain that a little bit further. Uh, So for face drooping, you're basically uh, looking at someone seeing if their face is droopy on one side or is it numb. You can ask the person to smile. Is the smile looking uneven? Uh, For the arm weakness, is one arm weak? If you can ask the person to raise both of their arms, does one arm start to drift downwards? And for the speech difficulty, you're listening for any type of slurring of the speech. You know, is a person not able to comprehend or understand what you're saying or even able to speak it back? You can even have them do like a simple phrase or a sentence like the sky is blue and see if the sound sounds off to you. If any of those above are true, T is for time. It's time to call 911. If someone shows any of these symptoms, even if the symptoms do go away, call 911, get to the hospital immediately, get it checked out. Um, and definitely note also the time that the first symptoms first appeared, because sometimes we can give emergency medicines within a certain period of time to uh, to break that clot that might be forming. So note the time that it happened. It can help your providers as well. All right. On that note, Dr. Michael Louie, we need to uh, take a bottom of our break. And when we come back, along those same lines of what you're talking about, uh, a celebrity in the news that just had a stroke, she's only 25. Uh, one of the questions I have is the average age of a, a stroke patient in your uh, at your hospital. But Haley uh, Bieber, uh, Justin Bieber's wife, just had a stroke. And uh, I have some high points or uh, some of the um, uh, just uh, some excerpts from what she described that she went through. And fortunately, she has uh, experienced full recovery. But some interesting information that uh, people might not know about, as well as uh, just how early it can happen in a person's life uh, if they're not You know, if they have certain risk factors, and she had three that the doctors concluded were responsible for her stroke, which were unusual, but uh, well worth noting uh, for anybody listening to this show. So we will be back with that and more on our stroke show here with Dr. Michael Louie here on the Healthiest Hour on Radio. So don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. Dr. Health Radio continues right after this. 
Curcumin-rich theracurmin from Natural Factors is a special form of curcumin, the yellow pigment of turmeric that has shown many wondrous health benefits. Theracurmin represents a major scientific breakthrough. Clinical studies show that when it comes to absorption, theracurmin is by far number one. Finally, the powerful health benefits of curcumin can be realized with curcumin-rich theracurmin. To learn more, visit naturalfactors.com. Welcome back to Lifestyles of the Fit and Healthy here on the Healthiest Hour on Radio. If you're just joining us, Dr. Michael Louie is my guest. He's a neurologist practicing here in Honolulu, where we broadcast from. And uh, our show, of course, is heard on both coasts, uh, in California as well as Florida. And uh, May is Stroke Awareness Month, so we kick off the month of May talking about this all-important topic uh, because it is one of the leading Causes of death in America, and uh, he was talking about that earlier. Now, uh, Doctor, let's uh, let me um, review this. Uh, this was in the news recently. Haley ba- uh, Bieber, excuse me, Justin Bieber's wife, the famous singer, had a stroke uh, last month at 25 years old. Now she's back to normal now. It was a TIA, a, a mini stroke, which I'll have you describe. Uh, but she found out uh, when when she found out what was happening. Of course, she was uh, fearful for her life. But uh, the way Haley described it is she had a weird sensation that traveled down her arm all the way to her fingertips, which then felt really numb. Uh, she couldn't speak and she thought she, you know, she thought she was having a stroke. Unfortunately, her husband, Justin Bieber, uh, who was with her at the time, immediately called 911. Doctors diagnosed her with a trans ischemic attack, the TIA. Uh, and as for why the 25-year-old wife of a celebrity had a blood clot, uh, she said that the doctors concluded three different factors. Number one, she had just recently started birth control pills, and stroke is a possible side effect of the pill. Second factor was that she recently had COVID, and I want to ask you about that in a minute. And then the third was that she had recently gone on a very long flight. In fact, it was to Paris and back in a very short time without moving around. So can you say deep vein thrombosis? <laughs> uh, but uh, care to comment on this? I mean, at 25, she has a stroke. Yeah, it just, it just brings up that, you know, anyone can have a stroke. Any gender, any age, uh, young people, old people, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Strokes can occur in any forms. And I think in her particular case, uh, they had mentioned as well that she had a what they call a PFO or a patent foramen ovale, which is basically a big hole in the heart. So I think the theory that, from what my understanding is, that a clot had formed, gone through the hole in the heart, right. and that's what went to the brain, right? Mm-hmm. And the other factors that you mentioned were probably uh, part of this contributing, as well. yeah. Mm-hmm. Contributing, right. Um, but it just brings up that you know we we need to be kind of vigilant about our health and our medical histories and um, and anyone can anyone can get a can get a stroke. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And another risk factor, other than uh, obesity and uh, poor nutrition and and um, uh, basically a sedentary lifestyle, not getting enough exercise. And you were mentioning how important exercise is earlier in the show, and that is uh, smoking. Uh, let's talk about uh, one of the uh, topics at the International Stroke Conference recently was the fact that. Um, Let's see, where is it? Uh, young marijuana smokers may be at greater risk of recurrent stroke. Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's definitely, um, it's something that we suspected in the past. And I think there's more research nowadays showing that there's some kind of correlation between marijuana and uh, possible stroke as well. And, uh, you know, 
a lot of these chemicals that are going into our bodies, and especially regular smoking and possibly even e-cigarettes, you know, all these different chemicals shouldn't be there, right? And so if we're introducing that into our blood vessels, um, regardless of our age, it can change the structure of the blood vessels over time. And, and that can, I think, lead people to develop developing stroke uh, or causing even hemorrhages, uh, you know, depending on the person. So it's, I think a lot more research needs to be done to get more answers, but I think we're getting closer to finding a correlation. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I, I just want to add, Dr. Louis, that smoke of <laughs> of any type, I mean, obviously smoke that contains drugs such as marijuana, tobacco, etc. There are other uh, plants that uh, that have uh, that have drugs, and that's the best form of drug delivery. I mean, what is it? Seven seconds from the time you inhale something uh, before it gets it hits your brain, uh, which is why uh, you know crack and other things, uh, uh, illegal drugs are so popular. But whether it's uh, burning trash or air, I mean, millions of people. The World Health Organization says millions of people die every year from air pollution. You know from our car exhaust and uh, burning of fossil fuels and and, uh, everything else. Uh, So smoke of any kind in the lungs is not going to be healthy. I mean, I'm sorry. So um, people that say that, oh, you know, sage or (laughs) uh, snuff or something is is therapeutic. No, it's much better to ingest it versus inhaling it. I mean, you know, maybe an asthma inhaler or, or a particular drug uh, for uh, an acute situation might be uh, necessary, but you know, for a chronic use, um, I don't think so. So anyway, just wanted to add that. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's shift gears and talk about um, treatments, uh, drug treatments that are beneficial. Uh, let's talk about clot busting drugs and other drugs in that regard. And then, and then I want to ask you about aspirin therapy, which was. Uh, formerly, the, the medical establishment is now reversing its its recommendations on using aspirin for heart disease because it increases your risk of bleeding and stroke and other things. But uh, uh, talk about the cl- clot busting drugs that people can uh, that uh, in an ER situation can be administered for uh, somebody experiencing a stroke. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as we mentioned before about looking for signs of a stroke and that acronym FAST, right, looking at the face drooping, arm weakness, speech difficulty, and then calling 911 immediately. The reason for that is because if we can get the patient to the hospital within three to about four and a half, four and a half hours, depending on the criteria, uh, they can get a clot-busting medication. If it is due to a clot, and uh, there's things that we do, imaging and other tests, to determine whether there could be a clot uh, in the brain. If there is, there is a medication called TPA, and this medication is used to uh, break the clot. And uh, with the recent International Stroke Conference, uh, there's actually some evidence showing that another type of medication is actually even more beneficial than the one that we've been using for many years now. And so I think as the years go on, we'll have even better drugs to break these clots with less side effects and less bleeding risks. And so it's super important to get patients into the hospital as soon as possible, because if you can get them into the into that time window, for that TPA medication, then uh, we could actually uh, severely reduce their prolonged, you know, their overall symptoms, or even save their life. Okay. Now, the two main types of stroke: ischemic and hemorrhagic. Uh, it's usually ischemic stroke is the most common, right? It is the more common one, correct? And ischemic means that there's a clot in the blood vessels, almost like if you had a clot in your plumbing system, you know, things can't get through. And the other version would be the hemorrhagic stroke. And this is where the blood vessel actually uh, 
tears or or ruptures, and the blood is actually leaking out into the brain, which can be extremely dangerous as well. And my analogy would be having a pipe bursting and having the water leaking out. So these would be the two types of strokes. Right, yeah. A cousin of mine died from a hemorrhagic stroke. Um, He was only 66. This was many years ago. But uh, uh, And what is it? Only what 10% of stroke victims are are hemorrhagic and 80 or 90% are uh, ischemic? I don't know the exact percentage, but okay. that, that sounds probably about right, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, and let's let's uh, talk about other proactive uh, ways that we can, well, automatic defibrillators, that's more for, um, you know, heart attacks. But is there anything that you can do uh, as a first aid situation, you know, I, I mean, you know, with heart, uh, heart attacks at CPR, but what, what can you do other than calling 911 for stroke? Is there anything? Well, I guess that question might be better for the cardiologist. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but uh, but in general, correct. I think dialing nine one one would be the most important yeah, thing yeah. to do because they can actually. I mean, the scenarios vary quite widely, right, with heart attacks and stroke. Um, yeah. But uh, the person on the nine one one call, the operator can actually you know go through the steps on what to do depending on the scenarios. So if they're having a heart attack or they're having symptoms of a stroke. Um, you know, the 911 operator would be the trained person to guide oh, okay. you through how to, you know, what to do next. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah. yeah. That's good that they're trained. I wasn't uh, aware of that. Now, as far as, you know, I mentioned that um, Justin Bieber's wife was only 25, uh, Haley. Uh, what is the average age of a stroke patient that you see in, in the hospital there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say... On average, our patient population that are having ischemic strokes are probably around ages 65 to maybe 85. That would probably be the average average mm. range. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That and we do see uh, from from all different ages. I've had it as old as 100 years old and wow. as young as in their 20, 20s. You in know, their just, 20s, just like you have. Haley Bieber, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. And was that a TIA so, usually? I mean... A, actually, some of them were actual TIAs, some of them were actual strokes, and some of them were hemorrhages. So it, it runs the gambit. Mm. And when does a, a TIA become a, a full-fledged stroke? I mean, how, how is that defined medically? Yes. Yeah, so, so a TIA, as you mentioned before, is a transient ischemic attack. And again, this is, I can imagine, like, a, again, you're, I go back to the home plumbing system again. Um, it, it's like you have a clot in the plumbing system, and then all of a sudden the clot, boop, you know, goes away. Within you know, like within a day, or within 24 hours, that typically is called a TIA. It's a it's a transient amount of symptoms that you're having, and the clot resolves, so the blood flow is able to get to the brain again. Mm. Um, in a ischemic stroke, the clot stays there and it doesn't go away, and the brain is just losing uh, oxygen, you know, uh, right. from the blood, and so that's when the the brain starts to change and starts to uh, uh, become ischemic or starts to, uh, to basically die in a sense. It's not getting the mm-hmm. oxygen that it needs. And that's where patients start getting their more severe symptoms. Uh, so th- th- that's basically the analogy I probably would give. Is so every second two. counts. I mean, yeah. time is of the essence. Absolutely. If you can get them to the hospital within that three to four and a half hour period, then maybe we can actually break that clot with those medications and, and again, save their lives or at least, you know, reduce the disability in the long run. Right. And what percentage, Dr. Louis, do patients have a second stroke after their initial stroke? Do, uh, do you find that there's a, a high uh, recurrence rate or um, what, what is the statistic? Yeah, I don't have an exact percentage, but definitely we're always concerned about the second stroke. Someone mm-hmm. who's had a first one, we do everything we can to minimize those risks, such as, again, you know, uh, reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, making sure that they're, if they have diabetes, that that's under control, making sure there's no holes in the heart, <laughs> uh, making sure their heart is healthy as well, making sure they're exercising, eating well, not smoking, 
Um, and those kind of things will help altogether in preventing a future stroke. Uh, I, I would say, uh, I, again, I don't have an exact percentage, but it's definitely possible to get a second stroke, and we do see that in the hospitals. And it always breaks my heart when I see a patient come back to the hospital with another stroke. And so we, do, we try to do everything we can to educate and teach patients to reduce their uh, stroke risk. And, and is it usually uh, worse than the first one or uh, more of a minor situation the second time? It, it ranges. Uh, uh-huh. Some people, they have another smaller event. Some people, they can have a, ma- a major event. Mm. Maybe, you know, the first one was just a precursor. Oh, the the harbinger. second one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it can come up, you know, uh, either a, a day or it can come back a few weeks or sometimes months or even years later. And you might not be so lucky the second time. Yeah. You came out of the first one, uh, you know, minimally scathed, but, but the second one could 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 possibly even end your life right. or cause severe disability. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, we take it very seriously. Not a good thing. All right, Dr. Michael Louis is my guest. Uh, we'll have uh, concluding comments from him on our special edition of the program. It's Stroke Awareness Month, the month of May here in America. And uh, so we want to draw attention to this and increase your awareness of it uh, so that you can prevent death, disease, disability, and... Um, live a long and happy life for you, your families, and everyone you know. Back after this with more information for your good health here on Dr. Health. I'm David Snow. Stick around. Back right after this. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. Since 70% of your immune system is in your gut, don't you think it's time to take a little better care of it? After all, so many things you're doing to it are affecting its function. Not getting enough fiber, eating too much sugar, excess stress and alcohol, as well as that sedentary lifestyle. So maybe it's time for a tune-up, an intestinal tune-up, with the medical strength probiotics from Master Supplements. Their signature Theralac, recommended by doctors for more than 15 years, will rapidly colonize your intestinal tract with the specific gut-friendly strains of potent beneficial bacteria. And their patent-protected delivery system has garnered Theralac and their other probiotics with a worldwide reputation for results. There's also True Flora, a unique probiotic and enzyme blend with bio-cleansing effects. And True Bifido, specifically formulated for colon support. See all of the Master Supplements products at your nearest natural food store or go to Theralac.com. Master Supplements, the probiotic pioneers. Welcome back to the program, David Snow on your radio. Welcome back to Easy to Digest Information. Here's our health tip of the week. A snowman says, while social distancing is very important, so is snack distancing. That is uh, keeping yourself at least six feet away from those bags of chips and the candy bars and boxes of sweets and treats and cookies and everything else. And uh, uh, make sure that uh, you also... um, do that, and um, you'll be a healthier person for it. And uh, Dr. Michael Louie, would you agree with that health tip? Uh, absolutely. 
All right. Uh, you know, you talk about holes in the heart. Uh, what about holes in your diet? You know, a lot of people have have problems there with uh, some deficiencies or excesses thereof. And uh, let's get back to lifestyle. And it's so important to prevent strokes, uh, you know, a stroke healthy lifestyle or um, uh, you, you want to uh, have a, a, the absence of strokes in your in your life. And that, that uh, is going a long way. I mean, the, the, it's it's there's so many things that are preventable, uh, and we lead led off with high blood pressure. And um, what what is it? Something like over fifty percent of adults in in America have high blood pressure, or right around that that figure. And so there's a lot we can do to um, mitigate uh, some of the risk factors. Um, so anything that uh, I failed to ask about? Oh, one, one thing I want to mention is uh, since aspirin therapy is n- not recommended anymore, uh, what percentage of or you know do you have a high high percentage of patients or um, uh, I mean have, have you experienced patients that have been on aspirin therapy and they've had uh, situations where like for instance a hemorrhagic stroke because of the excessive bleeding that aspirin can cause? You know, from I, I saw the news recently about that, and there's always been that topic about whether people should be on aspirin to help prevent, to, you know, actually for, as a primary prevention for those kind of heart attacks or strokes. Uh, from my personal experience, uh, I think aspirin is still a very safe medication. Uh, it's it's we use it in, in the neurology world to prevent people from having a stroke, especially if they have one already. And I think the best thing to do is to talk to your doctor to discuss your stroke risk factors, especially if you've, if you've had a stroke before. Um, and I definitely want to make it clear that if you've had a stroke before, there's no reason that you should stop taking your medications, such as your aspirin. Uh, definitely have a conversation with your doctors to discuss uh, the risks and benefits of it. Uh, and I think it's more for the general population that we all should just, you know, all of us start taking an aspirin every day. Uh, that's probably not the, the way to go. But definitely if, you're having, if you have stroke risk factors or you've had a stroke before, then that's something of a conversation that you need to have with your doctors. Well, and I think, too, an anti-inflammatory diet where you you consume natural blood thinning because a lot of times the reason you have to take uh, aspirin or blood thinners is because your diet it's it's uh, sludging up your blood you know your uh, saturated fat you mentioned cholesterol at the outset of our discussion uh you know just a poor diet is going to uh, produce thick blood that uh, that you don't want. That's going to be more prone to stroke. So uh, things like ginger and turmeric and and um, uh, you know uh, uh, a plant based uh, uh, type of diet, or you know more plants than animals at least, and uh, uh, that gets into lifestyle and and prevention as well. Uh, now let's let's talk about um, one thing that came came about, and it was a positive uh, from the COVID. Uh, pandemic, and that was telemedicine. How does telemedicine affect, uh, affect both the prevention and treatment of stroke? I personally love telemedicine. I think it's such a great way to connect with our patients that we weren't able to before, especially in people in the rural areas. And I think across the country, I think that, you know the the it's we have a consensus that we need telemedicine for the future for to make sure that you know the entire population is healthy, not just those people that can make it to our offices. And I've been using it to from you know connecting with patients from different uh, islands here in Hawaii. And I, I, our patients love it as well. They can quickly talk to your doctors right away without having to fight through traffic or getting to their clinic or, you know, having to wait a long period of time. They can, within, you know, seconds, they can connect with their doctors over their phone or their iPad or their other devices. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I hope it's here to stay, and I think it will be uh, in the long run. I think we are so accustomed now to doing telemedicine and Zoom meetings and these kind of things, and we love the convenience of it. And, and I think more people are hopefully going to be healthier in the future uh, as we continue to uh, be able to connect with them a lot easier. But we don't want to, uh, you know, I, I did an article um, uh, in, in the news about uh, robotic um nurses that they're working on in the UK. And we, we don't want to eliminate your your position, Doc. And, and uh, we, we still want you to have a good bedside manner. And, uh, you know, we, we want to get that personal touch from, from a doctor. And uh, uh, so I, I just want to, you know, I, there's a balance there. I, I don't think that we can completely do medicine uh, the the uh, electronic way or the high tech way, but uh, uh, along those lines, uh, let's talk about remote blood pressure monitoring. That that's a, a, a very um, uh, effective way of of monitoring patients. Uh, can you uh, can you speak on that and and how it's uh, changed uh, your your practice? Yeah, you know, I think it would be great. In an ideal world, uh, all families and all households would have their own blood pressure monitoring machine. And luckily nowadays, they're not too expensive. Uh, and some there's actually uh, uh, federally qualified healthcare centers, uh, especially in Hawaii and around the U.S. as well, where uh, people can go to ask them to see if they have uh, blood pressure monitoring devices. The, the American Heart Association has actually uh, adopted most of these uh, federally qualified healthcare centers to provide them with home blood pressure monitoring equipment and education as well. So really, there should be hopefully no reason not to check your blood pressures at home. And I think with electronic blood pressure devices nowadays, it's just a, literally a push of a button and you, you know your blood pressure right away. So it's, it's super easy. Okay. Now, as, as far as, uh, you know, we talked earlier about men and women having similar symptoms uh, and you mentioned the, the FAST acronym, uh, facial drooping, uh, the arm weakness, the slurred speech, and then the time to, uh, to get to somebody r- right away uh, for stroke treatment. But um, what about ethnicities? Uh, are, are there... Uh, as far as the risk factors, um, are there great differences uh, or variations uh, with eth- ethnicities as well as ages or genders or, uh, you know, as far as the population in general? Uh, is that a, a big factor when it comes to stroke? I think there there is definitely a degree of, uh, you know, like, healthcare disparities within our nation. You know, there, there's been studies that showing that documented that, you know, the disparities in health, even in healthcare insurance coverage among low income, uh, the young, and the minority populations, uh, and this big gap, you know, needs to be reduced, and we need to be able to increase access to quality healthcare for these patient populations. Uh, but definitely, uh, ethnicity, uh, income level, these, these things all matter as a or part of a factor in people's risk of having a stroke. Okay, so it, it's more the socioeconomic aspect of it. It's not. Physiological, I mean, between, say, Caucasians, Hispanics, African-Americans, Asians, uh, other ethnicities, there's not a great disparity as far as, you know, on a physiologic level? I think think there actually—I think studies have shown that there are some disparities between the different ethnicities as well. Um, I don't have those exact numbers, but um, I think in the African-American population, there's definitely maybe a higher risk of having a stroke uh, or heart attack. And I think there's been studies that have shown that as well. So I think there, if you look at the research out there, it's, it's we're showing more and more that uh, it's not just a socioeconomic issue. Definitely, our uh, ethnicity and our, our risk factors in general uh, all play a, a factor in, in, in stroke. All right. And if uh, if you wanted to just leave our listeners, our thousands of listeners, and on both coasts and in the islands of Hawaii, 
uh, with one thing they can do this weekend to start reducing their risk of stroke, what would it be? I would say get out there and, uh, and exercise. Excellent. If you can do one thing, yeah, exercise. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give a, a plug for our American Heart Association's yes, Heart Walk. Yes, please mind. do, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know, one way to begin improving your body against the risk of stroke is to become more physically active. And a great way to begin doing this is to participate in the American Heart Association's Heart Walk. This event is on August the 6th of this year. Uh, there will be opportunities to physically participate in a, in a walk event that day. And this is the first time that we've done this since the pandemic. So it's very exciting. So is uh, that in all more- major cities or is that just, you're talking about just Honolulu? This is for Hawaii, yeah, Honolulu. Okay. Yeah, right. I think but the but other there's, islands, there's there's other yeah. states that I mean, the American oh, Heart definitely. Association. Yeah, you just look up. Well, of course. In fact, that in was every my, state. Yeah, that was my next question, Doctor Louis. Uh, can you give out the website of the American Heart Association so people can find out about those heart, not only the heart walks, but all the other yeah. information that you you provide? So for the heart walk, uh, you can go to www.hawaiiheartwalk.org. And you can register and learn more about how you can support the American Heart Association's vital mission. If you have more questions about stroke, uh, a great website is uh, for, from the AHA is for uh, www.stroke.org. And okay. these are two great websites to go to to get a lot more information. Okay, yeah, because we, we do broadcast nationally. So, um, and then the website for the American Heart Association is the, uh, just aha.org, I believe. That, um, I want to triple check. Okay, well, um, that's okay. Well, yeah, people can uh, check with Dr. Google. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I would just Google American yeah. Heart Association, <laughs> right. whether it's a dot work or not, I'm not exactly sure. All right. Yeah. Now, do you, are you still accepting patients uh, here in Hawaii or um, do do they, uh, do you work through Queens Medical Center, is it? Uh, so I, I'm at uh, so it's it's for a, a local uh, a nonprofit hospital here, and oh, okay. uh, yes, I do accept new patients. You can just look up my name, and okay. uh, you'll be able to find uh, how to schedule an appointment. Okay. And I definitely want to get you the uh, American Heart Association Hawaii website. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, that's right. So I want to make sure it's the right website. So it's www.heart.org. Oh, heart.org. Okay, good. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Good. And it right. and, and brings you directly to the Hawaii uh, local website. All right. Or or they can uh, do that yeah, nationally as well. Okay, Dr. Exactly Louis. Exactly, nationally too. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much, Dr. Louis, and we look forward to having you on uh, next year, same time, same station, hopefully. Great. Thank, thank you so much for having me. All right. There goes Dr. Michael Louis, a neurologist practicing here in Hawaii and also president of the American Heart Association's Board of Directors. And uh, here we go with another show. But join us again tonight for the rebroadcast. 12 hours from now on the whatever station you're listening to. And of course, you can go to the website for uh, next week for the uh, rebroadcast if uh, if you want to uh, listen to the podcast. That's drhealthradio.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, healthradio.com. I'm David Snow, thanking you so much for joining us today. Join us again next week, 168 hours from now, for another edition of the program. Until then, remember, it's not how long you live, it's how you live long. Aloha. Have a healthy week. <laughs>